0: I'm Mick Torres.
1: I'm Ashley Aragoda, and,
0: and we, we are Mismo.
1: Today we talked to Abigail Marks, who was mixed teacher in Antioch Academy.
0: That's right, and she is really just a consummate professional. She's done a lot of work at Antioch Theater Company and all over. You'll hear us talk about classes and work ethic and Shakespeare quite a bit. Super knowledgeable person and a great episode. Enjoy. Hey. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming over.
2: I'm so glad to be here yeah. in your lovely apartment. It's so oh, wonderful. Thanks. thanks.
0: Um, so I met you in class. A, you you were my teacher a couple months ago, and I Doesn't just that
2: seems so weird sometimes. It does. Whenever people say I'm their teacher, I'm still like, really? I was your teacher? You listened to me? Sorry. Go <laughs> ahead. I was
0: talking about that. I was telling uh, somebody today, like, yeah, my. My teacher is coming over, like all the other kids. I was talking about the kids in the class because when you talk about, yeah, you think of like when you were in third grade and the kids, and then there's the teacher. But
2: no, I call I, all I, of my students my kids, <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, hold, it's not elementary school. It's like actually adults.
0: I think two <laughs> of our students were older than you. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's so anyway. But
2: I think that's why I education. guess so. Like, I'm a teacher, like right? <laughs> yeah, because like if you're older than me. How, why would you possibly take me seriously? Anyway. So yes, I was your teacher, Mick. <laughs> <Continue>. I know. How was <laughs> he as a student? He was a model student. Excellent. He was super prepared and interested. And
0: <laughs> wow,
2: yeah. Did you not think I was going to ask? Come on.
0: I mean, I had to know. thank you for asking because you know you don't get report cards anymore after. No. Like you're just out in the world, you don't get.
1: There's out, no parent-teacher conference. For oh this. man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know, like wow. pleasure to have in class. Uh, my my parents would be so happy to see that.
2: <laughs> what are the, you like? Good participation. I would say I would say you did everything <laughs> you did everything well.
0: I'm so glad that we're talking about this straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know what though? In that class, I did have a question for you because
2: um, it was a it was an audition class. That's what where we'll start. So your yeah, listeners know that
0: monologues and auditions mm-hmm. at NTS Theater Company. I don't know if we said that. Uh, yeah, i um, You say NTS or Anteus?
2: I say Anteus. There's a whole bunch of, like, little quips, but <laughs> Anteus come see us is okay. how I like to think about it. Oh. Yeah, some people will say Anteus come pay us, but I don't think that that's worthy of a catchphrase. That's hilarious. <laughs> so. I go back and forth. Yeah, I, I think Antius is Anteus. the way that we should all promote saying it.
0: I like come see us yeah. much better, too. Yeah.
2: But the Anteus is an interesting, like mythical creature the Antaeus gets its power from the earth and what you know the idea of like constantly returning to like what's actually happening and coming back to this essential nature of what is acting together is this thing that has always in whatever esoteric way has kind of brought me back to like why am I bothering to schlep out here why am I doing this thing why you know so, anyway, that's what anti- the Anteus is. Oh, wow. So, however wow. you say it, it's still the same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: that. Um, I want to ask a lot more about NTS and, okay. and you and all of that. But my question about the class yeah. was, I think we had maybe six people in the class. Yeah. And by the end of it, there maybe only three stuck yeah. around. Like, people pay for class and then yeah. show up late or don't show up. And we talk a lot to actors on this podcast about... Mm work ethic, Mm -hmm. and I think the best way to get work is just by showing up and meeting people and Mm -hmm. being on time every single day of rehearsal and doing, being reliable. Yeah. And I would say that as important, sometimes more important than being good, Mm -hmm. is to be reliable and accountable. Mm -hmm. So, and and T.S. is not by any means the only place I've taken every single acting studio I've been to. I get frustrated that people show up late
1: They don't take it seriously.
0: Aren't prepared, haven't memorized their, you know, whatever. They just, does that drive you crazy?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's something that, I think it's something that I have run into in every aspect of my life as an actor. That the kindred spirits that you run into are the people who have the same perspective as you do. And as I do on, like, how you show up and how you do your job. I think people forget that acting is our job. Um, and that's something that like, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent about this. Something that I decided very, very early on was that acting was gonna be the way that I made my living. And it wasn't gonna be something that like, I did, wasn't gonna work in an office all day long and then act as a, an extra thing right. that I did. Um, and I think part of that was because I started acting when I was so young, my, like my first professional jobs, I was like 13, 14 until I sort of couldn't work. Cause I was in that weird age before I was 18,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but like that, 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 that was going to be the defining thing about me. And I, and I kind of think like, there's this mentality of when people aren't, showing up to class or whatever, because we had enrolled in that particular class, I think we had 10 or 11 people on the first who all paid for that class. And then the first night of that class, we had eight, maybe, and then consistently six. And then the last week when we really could have like fully had that closed off and like had people have like, finished auditions. I think only three people showed up, which is just mind boggling, mind boggling to me, like, what is the point? Of putting in half of the effort because then you're going to put it in again and again and again so yeah um not showing up is a crazy thing yeah but I also uh, to me I just say good I've always had this feeling that like we should allow for attrition Mm -hmm. it's you know yeah everybody that we went to college with like how many of them are actually still actors like how many people did you that you were in the mix with 10 years ago who are not still actors that's a good thing Mm -hmm. if they can find happiness somewhere else and it's not about like yeah i can get the job more but it's more like if you're not here to do this work and really be here then it's good to move on if your theater company can't make make enough money or raise enough money to have a production that is of value then you probably should let your theater company go. It's not valuable to just like constantly be raising your own money to make a film if you can't sell that film, like, yeah. or you can't create something that's bigger than that. So on that last night of class, as much as I, <laughs> as much as I go, yeah, I'm obviously a terrible teacher and nobody wants to come and learn from me and or I scared everyone away or I did something and it's my fault. In fact, when I look at the group that did show up at the end of class, I saw that those that the three of you who were there that last night are the people who are the lifers. Yeah. To whatever that for whatever that's worth, and I'm not sure that one of those people is really anyway. That's but, funny. <laughs> that that you... That's but that was like that was the professional yeah. group of people in that room. One of those girls is going to be a director. She's not going to be an actor, and right. one of those girls is like a really young kid who got early, lucky success and maybe isn't the most um, hasn't had a lot of training. I'll be I'll say it like that, but she's out there and she's working and she's going to continue to work. Mm-hmm. And then you have this much more well-rounded view of how to how to continue being an actor as a professional, mm-hmm. and that like each part of your life is supporting that. yeah, so you were there doing that and by far the most talented <laughs> I think so too wow. I will say from my
1: perspective as like a, kind of a side note it was really cool watching him come home because you had what was the monologue from that we kind of like pieced together before class even started
0: the Much Ado Benedict monologue the Shakespeare
1: no the other one was it oh, from Speed the Plow? Speed the
0: Plow. That's what it David was. Mamet. He
1: came in with that Speed the Plow thing, and we kind of like, we w- looked at it together, and you were like, I just want to make, I want this to be a monologue somehow. And it was so cool watching him come home and like taking your notes and having him work on it and then seeing what it was by the time class ended. Right. That monologue was so good. So it was, so I know you're a great teacher because I watched it. He came home and it was amazing. Well, we, wow. sorry, we, go took,
0: ahead. we took bits and pieces of a Mammoth, I don't know, five page conversation and turned it into a monologue, which if David Mammoth is listening, he would lose it right now. (laughs) But we did it and it was good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really care
2: what David would say. (laughs) But I think but I think the perspective that I always have on all of this, and this is sort of the theme of the way that I see our lives, is that we're storytellers. So if you have 90 seconds, take that five pages and make it into a story in 90 Mm. seconds like there's no purpose in saying like I just think there's no point in going well this is exactly how this was written and I'm not doing the production of it but I'm gonna try to figure out how to like pretend that this is just pulled out of this no like I'm I don't think we need to like think that way we get to have the ownership and the like authority to sort of say okay this is how i want to walk into this room and tell this story not that i'm giving anybody permission to make up lines (laughs) when you go into an audition but i think with monologues especially
0: yeah Uh, you did that was another big thing that you taught oh going back just a second it totally makes sense and i understand because i do the same thing of why you internally were going there's only three people in the class. It's my fault as the teacher, but I didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I know intellectually, and I think it's the same thing as when you don't get a job and you are like in the room and the CD is saying to you, wow, that was amazing. Like you're so amazing. And then you never hear anything. Yeah. Like intellectually, you know that there's nothing wrong with you, but you think like, but if I didn't book it, like, <laughs> what? Were they not? Could, right, like, how could they possibly? But I know they—they're not that good of actors. Like, they wouldn't no. have bothered. But yeah, it's that thing of just like the emotional rawness of sort of trying to be as perceptive and as generous as one can be as a teacher, and then having somebody sort of be like, "I'm going to drop that right on the floor," and I'm walking, you know, like, and rather than holding the ball aloft mm-hmm. and having a relationship they're just like, eh, not working for me. So they ghost you. you're <laughs> like, okay. They ghost you. I'll keep swiping. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, I, but I know. I guess. You're, you're absolutely right that it doesn't really matter. It's not who I am. It's who they are.
0: I was so. romanticized about, you know, the famous acting teachers of, uh, not so much the, the theory of like Meisner, Strasberg, Stanislavski, any mm-hmm. of those, but just if you were a student in that class, you would arrive 15 minutes early Absolutely. to prepare and if you weren't it was a big deal you did not miss class like um i can't remember if it was stella adler or Uta Hagen who who would really come down on people about like you do not get sick that's your job to not get sick don't right. miss class like you know um and i just don't it's it's rare to find and i do, why do you think that is
2: I I just don't think people get how hard our jobs are like they're just not they just don't understand what it means to be a really good actor you know because you're right only part of it is talent the other part of it is how you show up and who you are and I've gotten 90% of the jobs that I've gotten because of a relationship that I had with somebody and when I get rehired it's again because of that relationship like But I think when I look back at myself at 18, 22, even 25, like I didn't feel like I needed to do a big warm-up or anything. And I thought it was super self-indulgent when people were like, I'm going to get somewhere so early and do a whole warm-up. But then all of a sudden it really clicked for me. Oh, longevity only happens when you take seriously all of the parts of this. I think my acting has gotten to be better since I just said, when I have a job, I show up that early and maybe I sit in my car for a while, or I need to do all of these things in order to be truly prepared to do my job. And I think, and I think that's actually it. Like fundamentally, those people are not actors
1: Hmm.
2: or they're so scared of being artists that they can't cross that barrier that we all have to like break through every time we show up. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. That's my take on it.
0: Yeah. You talked a little bit about, you started at Yeah. I don't know if I know the whole story. Um, how, where did oh. you grow up and how did you get into hiding? Well, I grew up in L.A. Okay. I grew up here in, in sunny
2: Los Angeles. <laughs> We're three um, of the very rare ones who did. I wait. feel like... We're not, not LA, really.
1: I'm from the Inland Empire, but I like I've been working basically my whole Your life. Your whole life, the OC. Yeah. 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 Orange County. Oh,
2: yeah. I didn't realize that. Well, every are. time somebody is like I, a native, I'm <laughs> like well, and everybody I know, <laughs> yeah. everybody I right. grew up with, yeah, and my entire family. <laughs> um, but I guess in our world, like there are so many transplants. Yeah. Um, I think, <laughs> God. Um, My poor parents allowed me like at some point when I was a little kid to start going to like drama camp and whatever. And I think I was like nine years old and I kind of got plucked out of the whatever the nine-year-old group was for the play. And I got put in with like the 13-year-olds. And so I thought like all of a sudden I was sort of in this group of kids and none of whom were like, it was just fun drama camp but I took it really seriously. Like I am like, this is an important responsibility for me because I'm now like one of the leads of the show and I have to really, you know, do it and, um, be here. And, um, so it planted some seed in me that like, that's what I was going to do. Like, and that's how I, you know, that this was something that I got really positive feedback about and, you know, I'm just going to do this thing. So I think I just continued badgering my mom until she let me go to this, like, this woman, um, Belinda Belaski, used to teach these professional acting classes. And, you know, it was all these kid actors who were all reps and working. And, like, you know, you go to commercial class or, you know, you go and take a scene class or whatever it is. And it was all on camera stuff. And again, it was like, I'm 12 years old and I'm I'm standing there. And she's like, so you're super sad. It's a Lays commercial or something. And you didn't win. You know, you didn't win for student body president or something. And you're just so sad. And then you open the bag and you take the chip out. And like she's describing that you're sad and then you bite the Lays chip. And then you smile and you're so happy. And I was like, I can do that. That's not hard. So (laughs) then I you know, moved forward with things like that. And um, the next thing I knew, like one of my very first auditions um, was like for a pilot. And I thought like, oh, this is so easy, because I just like booked it, you know, and then I booked these series of commercials that were just like, you know, walk in, do it done. And then you book the commercial. And then I thought, that's how acting worked. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I bought a, my first car. I bought with okay. acting money. I paid for college, basically, with acting money. And so I was, like, super lucky that that happened the way that it did. So that's how it sort of started. And then I went to college on a full scholarship in D.C. at GW at the George Washington University, for all of you out there. Um, I, I'm imagining you have like hundreds of thousands of listeners. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow, maybe one day. We're building, we're building. Yes. Um when they go back to listen to old episodes, they'll be like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um Hello. too many, too many details about that girl's life. Um so so then I came back to Los Angeles and there's a lot of details here which are not worth getting into. But I got really sick. I I had cancer, I had lymphoma, and I went through two years of treatment for it. Like, Mm -hmm. it was one of those moments where I was 22 years old and I was like going to all those professional acting classes and sort of had like a really businessy mindset of like, how do you do the business and and, like take the world by storm? Because, like, I had been, you know, very big fish in a little pond when I graduated. It was like, you know, and then I really got this like punch in the face like of, oh, okay, this is like another way you have to look at the world. Mm. So after two years, and really it took three years for me to kind of get back to like a really clear place about what I wanted and where I was, I was like, okay, well, I have the choice of like, doing something totally different. Or I can sort of commit to what it means to be a real professional actor. So that's when I say... That's why I say, like, I built my life around figuring out how to do things that I felt were constantly artistic. And and all of... That's sort of been my vision of, like, all the different choices I've made um, for the last decade. So, yeah. That's sort of... That's sort of, like, the very big, broad, broad stroke of, like, what the last... Twenty-five years have looked like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know how much you want to talk about your cancer. Your, yeah. I mean, there's
2: not much to say. We okay. can talk about it.
0: Okay. But well, how? Just to keep it in a yeah. limited scope, how um, the recovery process and the the, I mean, the entire process, how much did that that time and that that physical impact affect your acting career? Because it sounds like you had a lot of momentum. I mean,
2: it it changed everything.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I I used to say when I still needed to, like, lead from a place of, like, I was sick because the emotional burden of it was hard to, like, shake for a long time because it really changed my early 20s, which, like, I think other people have such a different experience in their early 20s versus, like, I didn't have all those like crazy years where like I was like living with my parents and you know, it was like such a different view of the world. I used to say like, I wouldn't recommend the experience, but I learned a lot from it. You know, like I learned a lot from this experience, but I don't recommend getting cancer. Um, But now it's sort of like, (laughs) okay, that happened. Yeah, my whole, my body really changed a lot. And the way that I was sort of seen as an actor before and after drastically changed. And I think that has been the biggest thing that has sort of plagued me from the whole experience of it. Because it's like, that thing of we walk into the room and we're immediately judged, like, by the way that we look, leaves very little room for the like, spontaneity of what the actual experience, person could bring into the room and like what what the surprise could be Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I think I never I don't think I ever envisioned myself like needing to like being the person who was walking into the room and being fat and having somebody go oh you need to be in this box because it wasn't the way that I saw myself it's still not really the way I see myself but I also like don't want to be like the poster child for people who are like like trying to break down the industry and be like I'm going to I'm going to be that person um cuz it's just so much work it's never really been it's not something that I like want to die on the mountain for um so that I can have the conversation all the time cuz it's like I don't need to talk about having cancer I don't need to talk about my weight all the time like how do you just continue being an artist mm. so that that would be like I think the longer version of that okay <laughs> But yeah, I think, I think that's it. Like we were talking about downstairs about, um, about like trying to figure out how to like have healthcare. I was saying, I was saying like last year I worked more than I ever have worked in my entire career, but I didn't qualify for healthcare because it was split between equity and sag And I was so close with both of them. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, so let's look at this year. I crossed off like huge bucket list items last year. Like, I did a lot of voiceover work, which was what I really wanted to be doing. I was the title role in uh, in a huge play um, at NTS Theater Company. Think- <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that was, I think, the I first was- time we saw you at AF Dobson's. Oh, was
2: it? Mm-hmm. Oh. You That's were amazing. Like- <laughs>
0: Thank you. You, were.
2: Yeah. you really were. <laughs> thank you we
0: went for paul stanko um, right who my my, love buddy yeah yeah yeah, he's gonna
2: fall in love with me one day (laughs) i've put it out it's recorded now
0: paul you you can come out now (laughs) (laughs) um
2: no he's wonderful Yeah. yeah he's wonderful um yeah he's the best actually Um, but that was like coupled with working at Pasadena Playhouse, working at South Coast Repertory, like doing all these big, big, I mean, there's no other way to say it besides bucket list, like wanting my career to shift into a different space of like, not just knowing people, but like sort of being taken seriously by people that I have been courting for for such a long time. And a lot of those things came really easily. Like when I got those jobs, it was like, oh, okay, cool. But especially after I did Diana, um, it had taken so much of my time. It had been so financially taxing, like because I was making al- almost no money doing it. That, as I say, like I was trying to take care of my body, trying to take care of my mind. My like there was it was such a heavy load to be carrying. But because I couldn't really focus all of my attention on it, it didn't matter if I was eating really well and sleeping really well and exercising and warming up. And it I was so exhausted from it simply because I needed to continue paying my bills. Mm. Right. And, uh, so I finished last year, uh, feeling so depressed and sad and unsatisfied and thinking like, <clears throat> what am I doing this for? Like, what, it, what's the goal? Like I've had this very narrow vision of it, of what the world is. So I, so I started like, saying to myself, like, what is, how does the longevity of this need to be shifted? Like, how do I have to open up the vision of what my life is in order to, in order to have it be more satisfying? And I, I think for whatever it's worth, opening up the goals of, of one's life. I'm not sure if this is actually answering any questions that we were, that we were talking about, but, but like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I, I'm actually getting this vision that I had for the that I've had for the last ten years, and it's actually not satisfying to me. Like it's actually not what I want mm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't want to be an actor, but how do? But I need to be an actor in a different way than I've been doing it. Because I thought I was doing so well by being like, "No, I'm not going to do your free reading. Like I'm going to." But in fact, like saying no is super empowering Mm -hmm. but also like it wasn't me saying no in order to be saying yes to other things that were more satisfying Ah. it was just like not wasting my time on something that I didn't need to be wasting my time on so so the last like handful of months six months has really been a huge shift for me and my perspective of like what are my goals and stuff so
0: so what are your goals now (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, is that really the next question you're gonna?
0: Because <laughs> um, I'm always reevaluating the equation for myself. Yeah, you know, you do have to pay the bills, and I've had to do it through personal training. And I, I last year, my top business goal was it was an acting goal, but mm-hmm. it almost had nothing to do with acting because I recognized I just cannot be at Equinox anymore. Mm. They in, they demand a certain. Um, a, like a minimum number of sessions per week and it was it was basically full time and I, I you know I couldn't do it and I I would try to come home I get home at two and do my do my work but I was exhausted because I'd been right. training since 6am and so I said okay I have to leave this year so I did all of the things it took to start my own business and I'm a sole proprietor and it
2: wow cleared
0: up all this room for acting and now Things are flooding in, and I'm—I have the exciting. time. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Mazel tov. Thank That's you. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it was weird because last year it didn't feel like I did um, as exciting of projects. It wasn't. Yeah. The, the, but it was such a a setup year, and it sounds like you, in re-examining the the full life equation mm-hmm. to facilitate being able to act, you've yeah. made some some changes.
2: Yeah. Totally. I mean, I stepped back and I looked at, like, what are my actual life goals aside from my job? Like, I really started, you know, the problem with being fully committed to being an actor is that you forget that other people have lives outside of work. Like, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not constantly hustling. They clock out and they go to, a like, a pottery class instead of, like, going to another acting thing or, you know, like...
1: Another audition. Right.
2: Another another, like, squeezing something things. else in or... Yeah. At 10 o'clock at night doing a self-tape or yeah cramming and reading a script or whatever it's it is. It's literally a
1: 24-hour job. Right.
2: 24-7. But also that hurry up and wait of like yeah. you could go a week with zero things or longer. You could go three weeks with zero things and then all of a sudden like you're so inundated and the expectation is that you'll drop everything else and do us, like do acting. Um, so I sort of took a step back and I... I've never had any kind of, like, job where I had to clock in or sign it, you know, check in with anyone. I've always set things up to be able to do my own thing, whether it be teaching a class or doing my coaching business or, um, you know, doing, like, corporate gigs or teaching a mat, like, whatever it was that I'm doing outside of acting. The other... You know, something that I've done just, by the way, a lot of is, like, I've probably workshopped, like, a hundred shows at this point, maybe more. So, like, I'm deeply into, like, what is the story that's being told? So all of those things. So all of a sudden, I was like, this seems like the wrong story of my life. Like, I'm, you know, in my 30s, I want to, like, I want to have a family. And, like, that's something that I can't do if I don't focus on it. So all of a sudden, I was like, "What if, (laughs) what if I like got more clear on this and uh, like took on a job where I had to owe somebody my time or like be responsible to them?" Mm -hmm. So I so I started focusing on those kinds of things, and I got really responsible with myself. So I I lowered my overhead. That was my big big thing. I had um, one of my best acting mentors, uh, who I was doing Diana with said to me, the best advice I ever got from my acting mentor was keep your overhead low. Hmm. Like, it doesn't matter how great of a year you're having. It doesn't matter. Like you don't just expand to fit the container, keep Mm -hmm. the overhead really low. And my overhead had gotten super high and I was just like, okay, so this isn't working. Yeah. So I lowered my overhead and then I was like, I'm really unhappy being single and not having the vision of like potentially having a family and having a life partner and like, you know, where is where is my relationship and my guy and my thing? Um, because like dating is really unenjoyable in every way. Mm. Um for, for me. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh and I thought to myself like, okay, so this means like I It's this is not about acting, this is about like focusing on taking care of myself and feeling confident in myself. So, a ton of emotional and physical energy has been going into that. Um, and then, and then I said to myself, okay, like how can I be bringing in money in the same way that I've always done, but in a more like sustainable manner? So, like, I started thinking to myself, okay. These voiceover dubbing gigs—they bring in good money. I wanted—I've always wanted to be an audiobook narrator. Like, why am I not doing that? And um, things started falling into place the second that I moved into my new place and lowered my overhead. My coaching like blew up. Like, I've had—I've had more coaching than I've ever had. I've been asked to do really like much more interesting acting gigs. I felt much more clear on like what I want to say no to and what I want to say yes to. And then I like happened and this is really like opening up. I think when you open up energy to new things like you're you giving yourself space. I like reached out to my friend who works for this audiobook company. And I said, hey, you know, really, I've been on the roster with you guys for years and years, but I've never been called by you. Like, what can I do to invigorate this? Um, And also, could I hang around? Because, like, as I say, like, knowing people is really the the Mm -hmm. thing for me and for all of us. And she was like, actually, the owner of my company is looking for an assistant. Like, do you want to come and meet her? (laughs) And this company produces 3,000 audiobooks every year. Like, they're the biggest independent producer of audiobooks. And there's no reason why I couldn't be doing that so I showed up I thought she was definitely not gonna hire me because she was like you have too many skills like you're gonna want me to pay you too much like you should be doing something better than this and I was like well I need a job so why not um and then she hired me and things have sort of fallen out from there like starting to starting to narrate and having that be like okay that's a sag job and that pays and you know that's doing the adulting But also, like, I sat down with her and I was like, look, these are these things that you're missing. Like, you have to coach people who are not actors to read books. Like, they need help. So that's something I can do. And also, like, there are really big holes in the audiobook market. Like, there's just a whole lot of white people, you know? Mm -hmm. And that should not be the way of going about it. So I, instead of, like, being her secretary, which I could have been, I'm bringing in diverse talent and auditioning people and searching out people who would be good readers. So for what it's worth, like I have a really hard time, <laughs> um, still like motivating being like, this is what I did today. And these, this is clocking in and all of that. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I'm actually like beginning to create something that could be exciting to do while also narrating and meeting my bottom line. So yeah, it's been probably like, the dramatic. last six months or so. Great. Right. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. But how do you, like, are you more productive in general now that you don't have to go to Equinox? Yes. Like.
0: (laughs) Ashley is shaking (laughs) her. head. Yes. So you're like
2: more relaxed as well. Like, or. All of it. I'm in
0: complete control of my schedule. I don't have to go to, you know, there's a lot of like corporate meetings and things that just don't really apply. I had been there for five years. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you still have to go to all the meetings, which are really there, there for the first year trainers. Mm-hmm. But, but then you, you become like, I was in a place where I was like mentoring young trainers and I'm like, Hey, this is my side hustle. I'm an actor. Like I'm not trying to mentor. I want this young trainer to like do well, but there are a lot of other trainers here who this is their, their focus and passion. Wait, you
2: had to do that?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's (laughs) a lot of things. What
2: you're saying is you're a team player. Like, if you're going to be there, you're going to be there. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I, I, like, cared about my team and the club. And, you know, and like, I had friends. And if you're in a place, you're going to be in the place. So.
2: Well, not everybody does that. That's true. Actors do that. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I guess. It was a
0: good environment for me for a long time. And I learned a lot there. And I feel like, okay, I took the first five years of, pursuing my acting career and I did some stuff but one of the biggest gifts I gave myself is I established my source of income that will be like I even think okay if I got a series regular I still would keep some clients until we're like renegotiating our season four contract I would keep a few clients because that's not necessarily enough to guarantee that I'll never have to create other sources of income again.
2: I mean, at least if you were just a recurring and you had two days a week yeah. on set, then yeah. you definitely could keep your clients. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: But <laughs> well, I also like but it. No, yeah. Yeah. Like, like even if business. I, even if I'm in like a hit show that I, yeah. it's completely occupies me for six to whatever, however many months of the year, I'll like in the, in my off time, I'll, I'll go like lead a yoga retreat in Spain or something, you know? Do you teach yoga classes? I'm also a certified yoga instructor. What's my new yoga? Ashtanga, um, which is like the eight limb uh, based on the Patanjali Sutra. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, yeah, I I I like that. I I don't know.
2: No, that's what you're talking about. Though is like physical and spiritual health that Mm -hmm. adds to your life as an artist. You know, like that's the biggest. Yeah. Outside thing.
0: I think knowing having studied anatomy and kinesiology yeah. helps me with movement on stage. Like the actual physical because I, I train and I'm I, I physically train for it is one thing, but also just like knowing where my serratus interior is is another thing, you know? Like
2: <laughs> I have no idea where that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You lost us.
0: <laughs> I was in the gym this morning and a trainer, I hate that I did that a little bit, but a trainer.
2: Well, now you have to tell us where it is, though. It's in the shoulder girdle. Okay.
0: And a trainer was talking about. Girdle. Uh,
2: Every it, time a trainer says to me shoulder girdle, I want to laugh in their face. So I know, I, Whatever you so just much. said, anterior, whatever, that's yeah. fine. But shoulder yeah. girdle is insanely that's dumb. That's a never- <laughs>
0: That's another one. Uh, no, this this trainer said to his client, they were they're t- like, "Hey, my my groin hurt," and they were pointing to something that was not their groin. Uh-huh. And he was like, "That's your hamstring, specifically, it's your semimembranosis. And I was like, "Bro, Ooh. <laughs> all right, fine, <laughs> but I just I mean... did it too. It does help to know." like
2: you, you didn't say it in a douchey way okay, like, no you didn't say it you <laughs> no. were it was a good example of something that you can do that was helpful yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could turn it into just like way, any not...
0: skill any additional knowledge yeah. that you have mm-hmm. helps you in certain roles like yeah um you have a deep knowledge of shakespeare do you have did yeah. you is that your master's degree? Is in yeah. how do you say that you have an mfa in shakespeare Well,
2: no, I mean, I have an MFA in performance, but I went to the, I went to the, (laughs) you're not going to believe this. It's called the Shakespeare Theater Company's Academy for Classical Acting. So I was in DC doing this one year program, um, which is focused on Shakespeare. So like all of the acting part of it is classical text. So it's, it's like, it's just an MFA. But um, but we didn't, like, do modern scene study or modern plays when we were there. But, man, I think everybody should study classical acting. I don't care who you... I think if you're a real actor, you should really do it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the most valuable thing to making everything else easier. I'm, like... I 100% believe that we should make our lives as easy as possible, you know? Like, one of the benefits, it seems to me, of you training people is that, like, you're... Thinking about how you feel in your body all the time, and you're taking the time to check in with that, and that every time you show up to act, that's easier. Yes. You know?
1: mm-hmm.
2: And like, I don't, I don't know how you spend your free time, but like, <laughs> check, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. ch- being able to check in to show up better mm-hmm. is makes your life easier. Having a foundation of Shakespeare and being able to like, look at a really shitty television script or film or whatever and just being like oh this is what this is on a technical level allows you to be free to do everything else I think Mm -hmm. especially when you're under time crunch or whatever like it just looks so much less difficult right because you have this like back way into it so yeah I do have an MFA in Shakespeare
0: yeah Uh, you've done several shows in though. how many yeah
2: I think that was my Fourth show, yeah, it was my fourth full production.
0: Okay, um, and this this um, writers lab workshop that you go mm-hmm. to is that weekly? Is that what is that?
2: So at NTS they've like collected a group of writers, m- many of whom like write for television shows or, you know, do other things that actually make their living as writers. Most of them, um, and they are specifically developing plays in the writer's lab. And it took me, this is another like, Abby Marks is playing the long game. (laughs) Because I went to that lab for like, I don't know, two years, two and a half years, and didn't get anybody asking me to do anything outside. And I just kept showing up week after week and reading and having people go, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're so fantastic. And not asking me to do any of their work. And just persistence got me like I now have these really amazing relationships. And I've gone on these amazing artistic journeys because I committed to just being in that room. So, yeah, the, the, lab, the lab is for writers every week, like bringing in 20 minutes of material and getting handed pages. And I think of it as my workout, my acting workout. When I go, I haven't been in a long time. So it's, okay. so it's writers like looking at it, and then getting feedback okay. from the room about like what's working and questions about where they, you know, not pitching them something. Yeah. But like, what were you confused about? Where did you lean out? Right. Like things like that. So it's an interesting, uh, I like doing it. I like yeah. doing it a lot. And, and Antius has sort of like become my artistic home in that way where I, the only reason that I got to do Diana was because I have developed those relationships there sure it was my fourth show with the director um, who has given me some amazing professional opportunities Casey Stangle has been my champion during a lot of times when I probably wouldn't have booked a show yeah and you know she really just like said okay let's see how we do this whereas in my real life like in my actual professional life all of my agents came to see that show and were all like which, and they'd never seen me live before. Um, You know, they've seen like tapes and whatever, but like almost none of them had come to see my stage work. That's a lie. Some of them had come, but all of them came. And they were like, oh my God, that was so amazing. You're so amazing. And then all the CDs that came and all of them were like, well, what do we do now? Like, right? you're making us think of you differently. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like mm-hmm. you want us to think of you as a leading lady, mm. and so it was like really dis- There were all those moments where it's like, ah, oh, this is so disappointing. Like, and also it was so amazing to get to the show to do the show every night. Yeah, right. And uh, I got to deal with two different casts, you know. Yeah. And I got to, you know, I got to do like so many cool things with yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. Have this long run of this thing and it's fun to be, I mean, it's not, it wasn't the first time that I got to be sort of the center of attention. Like it's fun to be the lead, the leading lady, you know, everybody's like supporting you in looking good and acting well. And like there's that attention and it can be so nice, but it's also like such a heavy load to carry Yeah, because you're not allowed to say, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to just live in gratitude around it. You know, like I'm so lucky to be here and you're not like, you can't let them see you sweat. Yeah. Cause so that there's all of those things, but Diana happened because I have put in all of the time and relationships at us to like create the space for that, to be seen in that, you know, like to say, Oh, you're, you can handle this as an actor versus mm-hmm. like as a commodity. So yeah, Diana was a really great learning experience for me, like about, like I, like I showed up fully off book the first day of rehearsal, which I don't think I've ever done. I don't think I've ever been like a hundred percent off book for a show. And then watching all these people who had not as much to do as me, um, not be off book. Or like, or be dragging their feet because they didn't feel the same level of responsibility that I felt. Yeah. It was a really fascinating experience watching myself process that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because they weren't responsible for being perfect. And I wasn't responsible for being perfect. But I, like, put myself in that position of Mm -hmm. being like, I am not going to give anybody a reason to not want to be here.
1: Right.
2: You know? And it's still, there was you know, there was still like that really interesting experience of like, are you going to show up or, or not? Like, and most people did, like it yeah. was a beautiful experience in that way. But yeah, you, know, you learn a lot from taking on things like that. So, but, but it was all antius that that happened.
0: It is a little disappointing how, at least in my experience, how little a great theater project and performance that you invite casting directors and agents to transfers into film and television work yeah. when i was doing cuckoo's nest i was like here we go here we go yeah leading man in a big show I and know. an amazing role yeah all right what's next everybody's gonna <laughs> yeah. love
2: it everybody loves it yeah i mean look there's this walter i'm gonna bastardize this quote but there's like a walter Matthau quote about like Uh, somebody saying to him like yeah it was your big break what was your big break what was the one where you knew and he was like well you know I've had 40 big breaks (laughs) so (laughs) like that that thing of like I got this thing and you're plant you're in cuckoo's nest and it's being so well received and you're doing it in a great way and people are loving it but I kind of I kind of think you have to just keep going back over and over again and showing up doing a good job like it's that showing up thing it's Mm -hmm. like all of we're the ones who are standing right now. So, so like I didn't get nominated for an ovation award for Diana and I had like a real pity party about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I couldn't believe (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. like how could this be like, and I've been nominated for other ovation awards. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like nobody likes me, whatever. But then I, and I was like, I'm not going to (laughs) go like, I don't want to go. Was this show nominated
0: for other categories?
2: no zero nominations it was the show the show in terms of like I think we got really interesting mostly fantastic I mean like I got fantastic reviews personally and we got like mostly good reviews for overall but what but what something that happened was like we didn't get nominated for a lot of awards because I think it there were it was uneven in a lot of ways but, but my point of saying it is that like, I was talking to my friend, Bill, who we go to all the award shows together. We like bring a flask. We like, you know, we do the thing <laughs> together because yeah. 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 they're long and they're hard. And oh, yeah. every yeah. year we have to show up at these awards and see all the people that we know. And I was like, Bill, I can't do it. I can't go. I'm just, I don't, I don't want to. And he said to me, no, this is the reason to show up because mm-hmm. you put on something that you feel good in. And then people are like, Oh yeah, why wasn't she nominated? Or, Mm -hmm. Oh, she looks great. Like I, I need to call her. And 100% I was like, you know, standing, I was standing in the lobby after the show and this director who like I've auditioned for God knows how many times was like, Oh my God, you're amazing. I need to bring you in for this show. And I was like, okay, so like, actually that's in motion of saying like, one of the things that's so great about you, Mick, is you like to bring up that you were in the show. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And it, not only does it like show that like you're proud of it, but it also reminds people like, oh, this is somebody who did this thing. And I saw that thing. You know, there are still people who like remember me from the first show that I did at Antias. And I'm always like, haven't you seen the gajillion shows since then? Cause yeah. like, <laughs> but then I have, you have to like remind yourself that like, oh no, like they know who I am they're maybe not referencing the other thing, but like I keep, when I show up, they have a frame of reference for me. Mm -hmm. So like, and they think well of me, you know, it's not like they're like, Oh, (laughs) was that? That's the playwrights lab of like creating relationships. I guess that's where I was kind of going with that. But um, it's the same thing of like, you know, having a company and being deeply in it means that you get to like play out dreams that you like wanna have, like play out. Yeah. And even if it doesn't lead somewhere, like those are the opportunities for something to be like cre- art artistically valuable. You know, it's the moment to be like a job is a job is a job mm. most of the time. And then that ten percent of the time when you get to have something like beautiful. Yeah.
0: Um It is baffling though, what you were talking about, how you worked so much in theater last year and then you're not qualifying for healthcare. Do you do you just are you You seem to have made a conscious choice about how much to balance, like, I can take a job for art versus for money, and the dream, of course, is that
2: it's both, but... Mm, Such an interesting idea. I mean... Has that
0: shifted now for...
2: You know, I used to say yes to everything. Like, I think keeping energy open and being... And saying, oh, you're reaching out to me, there's some reason that I'm here to do this, like, um you're thinking of me, whatever. I reached out to you. Something comes up, you know, just saying yes to the universe. Um, and not having a perspective on like calibrating the bottom line. But I actually think all of that was me just like being obsessed. Like there's a John Irving quote, uh, that my dad used to tell us from a book called hotel, New Hampshire. And the, the guy who's the main character is a wrestler and the coach keeps saying to him, you got to get obsessed and stay obsessed, get obsessed mm-hmm. and stay obsessed. And part of that is true, right? Like you can't get off. You have to keep doing it. If you want to stay in shape, if you want it, whatever, right. you cannot stop doing it. Like you can't just, you know, eat well two days of the week. Like you yeah, have to right. do it all the time. Right. It's not whatever, you know, you, you're going to be overtired if you only sleep, well 3 days you know like you have to do it anyway mm-hmm. so i actually think what has shifted for me was this feeling of like the job has to be less important like i have to say that vi- the the vision of it you know can't be as important to me the more important thing has to be like having a a real life and it sounds insane to me when I say it because I'm like, don't I have a real life? Yeah. <laughs> but when I sit back and I look at like, I'm sitting in front of your vision board wall. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down and like I made a vision board seven months ago or six months ago, and then I made one right after the new year, like two weeks ago. And I when I was looking at the at them, they, they show me as a successful artist, but the things that I was drawn to are not really, like, artistic success. They're, like, life success and yeah. health mm. success. And, like, how do you – that's – my goal now and my belief is that, like, success will come the other way around.
1: Mm.
2: Like, I always – I think I always judged actors who were, like, I'm going to have a full day job and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have acting be sort of, like, not when I can, but, like, it's not number one. It mm. can – because I want to live in a nice apartment. I want to do – you know, blah, blah, blah. I always thought that they were chumps. I yeah. was like, how are you ever going to survive? Which yeah. is why I started my company. And I, I mean, it's not even a company, you know, it's like, I just started coaching people in my living room and like, I never stopped, you know? Um, I just, I never wanted to commit to anything fully because I was always focused on if the acting thing comes up. So I think the mentality for me is like the acting thing will come when it's time and I'm going to do all these other things in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, and then that's a really new mentality. And it might seem like adolescent, like when I sit back and I think about it, I feel like, oh, that's such an adolescent way of thinking of things. On paper, I look like an adult, you know, like I have all these like things on paper, but in my soul, I'm like, I'm having, have had to do a lot of growth work that has come out of like that year, which, which culminated with getting to do Diana yeah. So it was like a it, it was like a really like big soul moment for me. I actually went out into like to Big Bear onto this artist's retreat <laughs> 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 like after Diana closed and I was like, Wow, okay, like I have to really take a look at this. Yeah. Like you know, I live my life as an artist and I still get to live my life as an artist. Sure. But like that actually is maybe not the most important thing. I've now said it seven times, but
0: Living your life is the most important thing.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you prioritize that? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a, like, I'm a long distance swimmer. And I, when I was swimming, I was swimming all the time leading up to last fall. And I was like, oh, I'm doing so well. blah, blah, blah Like, but I was just doing the same swim over and over again. I would get in, I would do two and a half miles and get out And I was just sort of not paying attention to like, was there actually forward movement in what I was doing day to day. But the repetition of it, the meditation of it was great. But ultimately, like when you look at it, it's like, I was just checking out. Mm. I was meditating. I was calming my mind. But I would get out of the pool and I would be like, just as anxious 45 minutes later as I was before I started. Okay. Because I was not, I was disengaging from it.
1: Yeah. You know, Mm.
2: versus like... The focus on saying like, how do you check in all the time? And and I just decided like I'm just when I'm working when I'm acting I always check in over and over and over. I never left my I never let myself off the hook. But in my real life, I'm just like letting myself off the hook over and over and over again. Right. Like, why would I do that? Right. Because <laughs> that's not that's not getting me either thing. So I think yeah. So now I'm saying like no, I need to have health care through one of these unions that I pay a ton of money to, they should also do their part, which means I have to figure out how to make them do their part. Right. So like, yeah. So that I, I think that's like, a was a big thing in terms of me kind of repeating this healthcare pension thing to myself. Cause also doesn't that like mean that we're professionals, like professional (laughs) people who belong to a union, like they reap the benefits of that union yeah, and like they can retire one day Mm -hmm. and I look at all these, like, Alta who I've worked with over the last decade who all live off pension. You know, like, they didn't all – they weren't, like, the leads in every single thing. They did a lot of guest stars. They weren't necessarily the regulars mm-hmm. on the show or, you know, they had recurrings. And then, they, you know, like, yeah. our lives as actors are different than that because of the infrastructure of the industry. But, like, there's no reason that we can't have those – lives like i've always wanted to be a journeyman actor like it would be great to have a breakout role but like that's what i've always wanted is to just like be able to go to work and do my job yeah Yeah. and have people be like she's a really great actor and she gets to own the house (laughs) like not like i don't need like the but like that part of it is like you have to be doing a really good job yeah in order to have that many gigs so like all these old guys like some of them have had like really big careers but they're all ultimately have been able to own houses and right. have a pension mm-hmm. and health care you know so that that to me is sort of the removal from yes 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 this like you know
0: mm-hmm. so i usually ask what's the closest you've ever come to quitting or thinking of doing something else but i mm. don't i I feel like you just have known from early on that this was going to be what you would do and you would just find a way. Is that right? Uh, or have you come close?
2: Well, I mean, this year, this what I'm talking about is this is the closest I came to just being like, I just need to figure out something else. I'm, su- I'm super unhappy and mm-hmm. I'm continuing to work, but I'm unhappy. So like, you know, I just felt like, do I need to? It was the first time when I like said the words to myself and I didn't feel like I was going to like vomit.
1: Yeah.
2: It was like, like literally, I don't know if you, do you guys have that experience or like I would, a, I like will ask myself that question every once in a while. Yes. And I think, and I'd be like, no, that yeah. sounds like the, I'll die. Yeah. But it was the first time where I was like, maybe I wouldn't like, what would that look like? Mm. So then all of a sudden mm-hmm. I recalibrated. When I, when I got better from being sick, I had a year where I was pretty, like agoraphobic and just like had a really hard time reintegrating myself back into the world because it was like every other 25 year old was like not viewing the world that I did the way that I did and I like got a job for a few months at a PR firm like a fashion PR place (laughs) and I Every single day when I would go into that job, I would want to like die. I was just like, this is the worst. This is the worst. And all these other, there was, you know, like six or seven other young girls who were like, "Ah, oh, I love getting the free dresses from where, I can't remember what we even represented. Like I love the free swag that we get. I love going to these parties. And like, if I'm being judgy about them, I'm like, yeah, they're vapid bitches. But at the, at, at the same time, like, they were doing something that made them happy. Right. And I was like, I don't, I don't belong here. Like I should not be here. And then I went to go work for like literally a month at like a glasses, a glasses shop, like mm-hmm. an optometrist kind of, I love glasses. I have a lot of pairs of them. I'm very blind. Um, <laughs> and I hated that even more. Okay. And I was like, well, and that's sort of where I was like, I have to coach. I have to figure it out because I can't do this. So, I did try not to be an actor. Like, I tried mm. it out. Yeah, you tried it. Yeah. Thinking, like, oh, maybe this will be satisfying. And so, like, or, or I'll be able to create it being work, yeah. working out. Yeah. But I hated it a lot. So, I try not to question.
0: It took me a long time to, like, I was embarrassed of being a trainer for a long time. Because really? I felt, like, fraudulent, like, I'm not just an actor. Right. And I saw that as a bad thing for a long time until I just kind of shifted the focuses to, no, part of being an actor is supporting your life in Mm the only the only place where you can be an actor is an expensive city, right? Right, like.
2: Well, unless you get work, unless you're like a resident artist at a repertory theater in the middle of nowhere, and sure. that's your actual job, but like that's so rare. Most of yeah. us are in
0: LA, New York, right. Or London. Right. It's so really expensive. Yeah. It's so that's part of my work, and yeah. you know that's part. That's everybody has to pay their dues. That's yeah. the way in which I've yeah been paying my dues. So I, I've I've accepted myself, <laughs> but it took some doing.
2: Well, it's I mean. I feel like we do it over and over and over again. It's like, especially when you have like really high highs. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when I was living in London, I had like amazing jobs, but it doesn't matter now. You know, like when you're the lead in the show, it's like you have, your ego is like, I'm doing so well Mm -hmm. and then it's gone and it's done. And then you have to, do you go through that thing of like justifying yourself again,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like that mm-hmm. you have a right to call yourself an actor and that you have like that you have can justify your existence? Like when I first started working at the audiobook place, which was in November, um, I would show up the the studios at somebody's ha- in in the owner's house, and there's but it's like a huge property, but like the main hub of where people are in the house is like in the living room and the main big house. And I know a ton of people who do audiobooks. And so I would run into people when I would be there doing something. And they'd be like, oh, what book are you narrating? And I'm like, no, I'm actually like working. I, I'm narrating, but I'm not narrating today. Yeah. And mm. like, you know, the things I've narrated are like crappy things that are under a pseudonym. So it's not like you can go right now. I mean, I expect to do many amazing books that will be under my name. But like, I'm paying dues right now, mm-hmm. and so it's not like I can be like, yeah, 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 go to look up Abby Marks, and you'll find my thing, you know, so my ego was like super stretched, having people going, oh, I'm actually working with the owner right now, whatever, and them going, oh, oh okay, mm-hmm. either being judgy about it, mm-hmm. or feeling really bad for me, because uh-huh. they know that I'm a good actor, and being like, oh, that's so sad. So- why can't you, why aren't you narrating something? Like, why? And me having to like, get clear about paying my bills and not feeling like I'm not an actor or not a good actor because I need to do this other thing. You know, like,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. It, I have very rarely put myself in that position and I think it was a mistake. Like, I think it was really strong and brave and good for you and your soul. Probably.
0: I think in the long run, there were a lot of like USC people who would come and, like, just work out at Equinox. Right. And in your first year, you have to wear a different color shirt when you're, um... You call it a floor trainer. You're just, like, walking around yeah. picking up weights and, like, trying to meet potential clients, basically. Yeah. And, like, as... A, I recognize as members... Mm-hmm. Most of the members, like, aren't paying attention to what color shirt you're wearing. Right. But I was, like... It was... I was so mortified to be in the blue shirt.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like... Like, hey, yeah, like, um, oh yeah, yeah I, I remember <laughs> you from school. Like, let me just pick up yeah. your towel and toss it away for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but then, and then, like, you're the lead of a show. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. We, it's it's crazy ups and downs. And I think, like, when you're meditating, for example, and you're able to zoom out, mm-hmm. it evens out the highs and the lows because,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, we're, you know, it really doesn't matter that much in the scheme of the universe.
2: But I think something that happened to me that shifted for me from when I was in, you know, as I've matured is actually like, I didn't, I did tons of meditating and I still do. But part of it was for me was like, I don't want to avoid the high highs and the low lows. I want to be able to process them faster. Mm -hmm. Like I need to allow myself to feel bliss and I need to allow myself to feel utterly bliss just desolate so that i can then snap back to those places yeah. of of consistency and like sanity and create like have room for creativity versus like being like no nope, i'm just not gonna go there i know that's not what you're saying <laughs> you're like i know that's not what you're saying at all but no. like that thing of like allowing yourself to be where you are like allowing yeah. yourself to be like yes i feel a little bit ashamed to be wearing this blue t-shirt right now but I think, also I, I think
0: the meditating for me, it's more of like uh watching the narrative story of mixed mm. Life. Like, oh man, he's like in the blue shirt and he feels really like shameful about <laughs> yeah. that. But you know, another, you know, who knows? Like things could turn around soon and he's learning yeah. great values and like keeping his ego in check right now. And that's gonna be really valuable for him
1: yeah. when he's writing
0: the next high. And he's he's considerate to all of you know whoever's in the blue shirt. In in that situation, yeah,
2: then. yeah. So tipping, tipping big, I <sighs> I feel like that's the other thing that's like so interesting is like, the last few years I've also tra- started trying to laugh at myself a lot. Uh-huh. I'm like God, you're being so like this guy up here, like like this brain up here who's being so mean to you. Like what a ridiculous bitch she is. Like she's <laughs> so mean. <laughs> that's not how you talk to yourself. Like just trying to like get out of our own way and those like you know especially because it like feels like we need to be so serious about what we do (laughs) yeah Yeah. like going all the way back to the top it's like yeah there's all these people who don't show up and so people don't take us seriously and then like we're like have to be so serious I have to get this done and then it's like no no we actually play for a living and we have to maintain that ability so it's like I'm always like you're so mean (laughs) (laughs) and like i i we sit in the car all the time too like one of the things that i've started doing in the car is like letting everybody in and then like letting every like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play this game of like trying to cut people off and then i also like as i start sitting in traffic and i'm starting to get pissed i will just force myself to smile it's like a fake it till you make it Uh right and then like you meet eyes with somebody who's like And then they're like shocked that you're smiling at them, and I just like for I like literally just force myself, and I'm like, yes, go in, like, and and it has actually helped me so much. Yeah, like, because I mean, like the it's torture Mm -hmm. doing this; it's torturous. And then, and then you're like, no, it's like you creating space for this, like, to commune and talk and like think about how we do it.
0: The this podcast, the thing. podcast, yeah. and mm-hmm. like
2: having us talk to each other about like how do you survive? Yeah, I was sitting. What I was sitting with a friend of mine, and we were <clears throat> doing taxes together. And next to us was a table of uh, escorts, like women who were clearly like very classy, high priced escorts, talking about how they do their lives, like. Oh talking about how they talk to their clients, how they like deal with things and like how they charge for things. And it's like, granted, like that's very different from, it was like not grotesque in any way. It's very different from the conversation we're having. Right. But they're talking about like a a transaction and they're talking to other people who also do that. Like Mm -hmm. that they have a community and like we create community by going to class or doing a show or whatever. Like, but it's the talking about it and like getting it out there of like how do we feel about it mm-hmm. that feels like it makes it livable. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. That's very like mushy, but
1: <laughs> I like it. What do you think is the biggest misconception of being an actor?
2: Um that's a really good question. <laughs> I ask I
1: ask every guest
2: this question. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I think the biggest misconception about being act I, I think there's two things. I think mm-hmm. one Everybody thinks that they can do it,
1: mm-hmm. you know, that
2: they can do their job and the whatever. Like, they – I don't think people understand fundamentally what it means to act. Mm-hmm. And even if they understand a little bit, they don't really understand. And then I also don't think that they understand how our lives are built. Like, mm-hmm. th- they don't I, – I don't think they understand that 10 o'clock thing of, like, all of a sudden now you have to put something on tape. I don't think that they understand fundamentally, like, how we – how we go about our world and yeah. so it, I, I sometimes find myself like thinking oh I'm talking to a civilian and I don't know how to talk like I don't know how to talk to you mm-hmm. like I'm in this thing that takes over my life but you literally don't understand anything about what I'm what I do yeah um, but but because everybody consumes what we do they think they get it yeah I'll say one more thing <laughs> <laughs> That I think um, fundamentally because everybody consumes the work that we do, whether it's through like listening to music or watching something or listening to something or whatever, that there's a low value on it because they always know that they can go to something else. Like if they don't like that song, they can go past it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so they're not really thinking about the fact that like their lives are enriched by the work that we do. And if it didn't exist, our, the world would look super different, not just empath like not just because you wouldn't have anything to consume, but because like people would be less empathetic edu- like we would just not be as kind human beings because we wouldn't have the uh, opportunity to like hear stories that are not our stories.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I and I fundamentally think like one of the problems that that exists in people not understanding our world and what we do is that they they don't think that we need to be paid they don't think that we need to be trained they don't think that they like what we're actually doing because it's playing and it's silly most of the time that it has true value to them because they're not understanding the details of it so I think that's a huge for me that's like fun like yeah and it's because they're not thinking about it right so I always wonder like what is it that I could share with you that would make you understand that I have value. Mm-hmm. Like I get what you do as a lawyer is very important, mm-hmm. and it's very easy for me to understand that. But what? It, but how do I share that? Like I don't. I don't know if you have an answer. But, Like I almost never know how to share with people, and I stand up in front of like corporate people and I say, "Hey, being an actor is really important," mm-hmm. and I have to say to them that we all perform our lives, which they judge. But I say, like, how do you be the most authentic? Actors are authentic in an unreal circumstance. Mm -hmm. How do you train yourself as a regular human being to be authentic in yourself? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you get over yourself in order to tell the truth? Yeah. Like, it's so hard to like be authentic in something that like is not real. Yeah.
0: I like that you're saying (laughs) authentic because I always get in this argument when I'm having that conversation of what does an actor do? What is our value? One of the things that. I hear far too often is, you're an actor, you're a good liar.
2: That's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible liar. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's I not, suck at it. That's yeah. not what
0: we're doing. I
1: can't doing. do it. But,
2: but that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. We're trying to find truth on cue. We're trying to find truth in a way that it can be captured or consumed or... We're trying to share something that can't be bottled. You know, if it could be manufactured, then we would do it. Mm -hmm. But it's that thing that... It's that magic thing that happens when you, like, hear a story the way you never Mm -hmm. thought that you would hear it, like... Or you realize, like, the way that something is made, like, the way the writing is, is also transcends... Is also a big part of, like, what the performance is. You can... One of the things that I love about being an artist and spending so much time doing things like Shakespeare and all of that is like, I don't have to just look at something and see a finished product. I can see, oh, part of that doesn't work, but there's all the the bones and the muscles and like all of this stuff underneath it has value that lives within it. I'm not just looking at that shiny package, which I think a lot of civilians do. Yeah. That thing of like, how do you create something that's real and truthful? when you're have a boom in your face or you're and the have, or you to you. 700 people, right. Mm-hmm.
1: Or your actor is not there and you're talking to a tennis ball.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Cause you're talking to a, an animated fish or whatever yeah. it is like, <laughs> and, and, and how do you create it? So that, like, that's, that's what I was talking about, about that Alexander thing of like mm-hmm. letting go of it. Yeah. Cause you're creating that experience for somebody else. Yeah. And there's so much generosity in that. So when you come to it and they're like, so you're a really good liar. <laughs> you're like, no. what are you talking about? i spend my whole life <laughs> trying to make you feel something. Yeah. Like my life is not glamorous. Like yeah. I do like I, you know I, it's that part of it I think is such a valuable lesson to try to teach people. Yeah. I don't know if that's a I think that's is that a, an answer? That's that's a great that way to great.
0: to to wrap up. And I think so. um yeah, we spend, we spend our lives trying to get people... I really liked what you said about um, you. what you're feeling can take away from what the audience is feeling. That Alexander thing that you were saying. It
2: makes really. me sad, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Because it would be such a nice thing if we could... If we could just do it for ourselves and it was like... Like if if we're sitting in this room together and we were doing some really great acting and having some really great moments, like, and if there was value in that, which there is, you know, there's value in having an authentic experience with somebody who's sitting in front of you. But like, if the point is to tell a story that moves other people, then you being moved in the bathroom only goes so far. Yeah. You have to figure out a way to like be moved and have an experience that is changing people and shifting people. So like, yeah, I, I often feel like why isn't, why isn't there more value to like this, but there's only, there's only what it is, you know, you know, being witnessed is the whole point of the actor. You know, we don't sit across a table from somebody and make a deal that then makes a drug get manufactured that then save lives. You know, like that's not what we do. We trade in energy. So like sometimes we have to sacrifice that and I feel sad about it, but we have to sacrifice like that feeling in order to allow the thing to happen, which changes the world by it happening out there. I keep swishing my arm, you guys, like, like <laughs> at the invisible audience that's, like, out there, you know? I'm sorry they can't see it. Oh, it's so dumb. I've probably done it, like, 100, <laughs> 100 times since we sat down. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. But it does feel good. That's why we all do theater, by the way, because oh, it yeah. feels good to have that it's, feedback. Yeah. Like, when you're standing on the studio in the studio and it's really cold and you're like and or you're by yourself in a voiceover booth like that's my experience of like and you have no idea if somebody would laugh at it Mm -hmm. and then you have like the positive thing where like you have the crew going oh my god we are all trying not to laugh Mm -hmm. like or whatever or like man that really like you killed me you know like George the like gaffer who's you know <laughs> six five and you know and you're like wow george like you really that's cool um we get so little feedback that's yeah. why we like to i theater. think it's that
0: on stage feedback and then also the community in theater i feel like yeah. is stronger than any other um yeah. pocket of the of the industry and it's great that you have NTS as a place to keep you call it your artistic home and i think that's that's so nice. Whether whether it's Antius or you just like create um, your own artistic home and you know.
2: Well, I have a thing that I do every every single week. I have a career goals group. I have these six women. Um, there are seven of us total. We get on um, Zoom every Friday morning for an hour and an hour and change, and we have goals for what we want to do with our career. We do like 10 week sessions. And, um, when I first started doing it, I was like really specific about this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my agents and I'm going to make this meeting and I'm going to blah, 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 you know, like really specific, just business oriented goals. And in the last year and a half, two years, I really have shifted to be like, again, this is a support group in a lot of ways. So like, yes, I have my career goals that I need to do, but I also have my personal goals. Yeah. So on that morning thread every single morning, when people are like, what are you going to do to move your career forward? I have on that thing, like food prep, <laughs> workout, <laughs> yeah. like meditate. I have all of those things that I never used to put on the list. I did them, but I didn't have them on the list. Right. And now like when I don't get to write that extra email... I feel okay because I did all of those other things. And I'm like, Oh, that was a part of this. Yeah. You know? So yeah, community is important. Well,
0: we're, we're <laughs> we can end. We're, yeah. I, well, yeah. I was just going to say we're, we're, um, we're, we have our own little mini community thing happening here. And we're yeah. so yeah. thankful that you came over and, and spend a little time with us.
2: It was so nice of you guys to ask me, and I think you're doing a huge service to a lot of people who, like, who forget we forget that we're all in the same situation. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.